0: Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. You will not let your body, your Holy One, see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet, and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven... Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptised. About 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just while we're waiting for Nathaniel, um, I don't know about you, but we tend to lose our sense of um, wonder and awe, don't we, as we we go through life. Uh, Me and Jane have been privileged yesterday to be with our granddaughter, and babies are wonderful, aren't they? they just, uh, when they look and they, they smile at you, it's just like they light up and it, it, they don't have any. It's just that kind of response of wonder and awe that uh, maybe we'll... Uh, let's be open to that today as we, we hear about the first Pentecost. Great to be with
1: you, everyone. Hi. Let's uh, pray again. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be with us As you already are, we pray that you would be with us in a special way and that in whatever way you might please, we might experience some kind of a Pentecost in our lives and in the life of our church today and in this season to come. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read a few verses from Luke's Gospel. This is just after Jesus teaches on what is known as the Lord's Prayer. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything, I tell you. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead, or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Pam. It's really good to hear that uh, long, um, extended story of uh, the first Pentecost. God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Yeah, do you know that call and response? You might Some of us might be familiar with it. Some of people are shaking their heads it 's very common in pentecostal churches i 've been um, in churches in malawi where that 's used all the time and I was at a church with my dad in Indonesia where that was um, common common in pentecostal churches i don 't know what you th- think about it. God is good all the time, and then everyone responds all the time, God is good. If I'm honest, which I'm about to be, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I, I just think it seems like saccharine, you know, like sickly, sweet, not real, not earthy. Speaking of a kind of Christianity that seems to put fingers in one's ears at the suffering of the world and hum hallelujah. A few weeks ago in our mini-series with the title Thirsty, we reflected on uh, something we're going to go back to next week, um, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. We reflected on the Psalms that are so often about disorientation, where are you, um, are you a sleep God, uh, are you putting these things in my life to teach me a lesson or to grow me, uh, I the psalmists don't seem to be squeamish about shaking their fist at the Almighty. And, and this is held within the worship of Israel. This is, these are the songs and poems that formed Jesus as he grew, as he matured uh, as a young man into his earthly ministry. And yet the songs that we sing are so af- often pl- the kind of platitudes like God is good all the time. I think one of the primary strategies of the enemy, and I believe there is an adversary to us, there is uh, a devil. Um, I believe the primary strategy is not shock and awe. I don't think he has that kind of authority or power, but rather it is to doubt our beliefs and believe our doubts. To doubt our beliefs and to believe our doubts. And this is where such a saying as "God is good all the time is, can be helpful that by reinforcement and repetition it is encouraging us to be find our home in the most basic truth I think of the Christian faith that God is good, despite temptations to perhaps think of him as a sadist or a tyrant, someone far off, a God of the watchmaker. He is good. He is interested in the particulars of our lives. He's listening. He's desiring communion. I chose this passage for Pentecost because of how it ends. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I find myself in need of a Pentecost I need a Pentecost. I need refreshing in the Holy Spirit. And uh, we do, of course we do, as a church. There's some wonderful signs of growth and new vision of where we might be going. But if we really want to impact Frisinghall with the love of Jesus and see his kingdom built here, then we need more than good ideas to see Frisinghall flourish. We, we need an outpouring of God. In our midst. And I think sometimes when we hear people say that, we might be nervous as to what some people might mean when they say that. I mean, uh, it might not be people falling over or doing funny things, but it might look like the lonely uh, having a friend, it might look like um, the person suffering injustice, seeing justice done, it might look like people across racial and economic divides getting to know one another. That might be what it might look like for God to be poured out by his Holy Spirit on us as a church and the parish of Friesinghall. And I believe God desires to cultivate a desire in us to want him, to want his kingdom here as in heaven, that in the asking in the seeking, in the knocking, he is shaping us. Hmm, there it is. Should we read this together? If you, it's, it's like an eye test. I, went, I recently took Ivy to an eye test. and I think she uh, faked her eyes being worse than they are to get glasses. But anyway, um, let's read this together. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. You're not reading it with me, come on. And say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship... Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. I think this is a strange picture about God, thinking of God metaphorically as a friend whom you're asking for help in a pinch. Something that's essential to understand this parable is uh, the strict rules about hospitality in the Middle East. If someone comes to you, and you are the host, you are obligated to feed them and refresh them. Bring great shame on your household to not be able to. So it's not a question of whether he might be able to find some food. He has to. He has to find bread for his guest. It's as if Jesus is inviting a kind of holy boldness, an audacity to ask for big things. I feel a bit, Tired at the moment in regards to praying and pursuing God. There, there are times when I'm really hungry and things feel easy. Uh, hungry for more of God. That I am, uh, as we've been talking about in the mini-series we've just done, thirsty. But I love what St. Augustine prays in the confessions. And it might be where some of us are at today. He, said, he says, Lord, Put salt on my lips that I would thirst for you. So he can't quite say, I want you, Lord, but I want to want you. I want to want you, Lord. And I think we need boldness as a church to pray such prayers. Boldness to plan prayer meetings where we intentionally knock on the door of heaven Asking for the flourishing of Friesing Hall. Boldness to invite friends and family to church. Boldness to engage with our community, with those about us. Knowing that if we do, and if God moves, I think this is important for us to think about. If God was to move, it would get a bit messy and chaotic. I mean, we have friends that come in, don't we, uh, from the local community. And they're not always straightforward. But we, we want that. We want the Lord to be moving amongst us. But I think it is important to recognize that if that was to happen, it might come with some consequences. But consequences that I, I, would, I think we, we, would, we would love continually. Let's read this with each other. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find knock, and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. I quite enjoyed biblical languages at Bible school, but i 've not kept up with them really at all a bit embarrassingly, um, but I can, t- I can tell you something about the verb um, of asking, seeking, and knocking it 's a continual verb I mean that uh, it never stops. It's a continuous pursuit, a continuous search. Um, it made me think of these two quotes from Tolkien and C.S. Eliot Tolkien, not all who wander are lost. This very famous, almost cliched, but I think deserving of uh, mentioning. We shall not cease from exploration, and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. I want to grow in the Lord. I want us to grow in the Lord. And I want to be able to, for us to ask questions and wrestle with the consequences. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus in Frisinghall or in Bradford? how do we live well amongst our Muslim neighbours? Many Christians, not only Anglicans, but many Christians, particularly in the West, really wrestling with questions around sex and gender, conversations that seem to carry risk in terms of unity, in terms of remaining together in fellowship. But we, we must these are things that we we must be able to talk about and be willing to ask the questions and listen to each other and to listen to God. So I think such questions are part of the knocking and the seeking and the asking. Indeed, the, the very name of God's people, Israel, the one, the people who wrestle with God, who can. Tend with God. That's actually um, at the heart of the Jewish study of Scripture, where I think it usually is. Men uh, gather very early in the morning to, before often before work, uh, to tease out tiny bits of Scripture. They worked through the whole Old Testament. Um, arguing about different ways to read it and interpret it and uh, it becomes like a style of debate over scripture almost everyone playing devil's advocate with each other really wrestling with uh, how we might read the bible and I think um, for us in 2023 it's uh, so I think um, I would there's lots of things that I would like to have my head in the sand over but it's like Dorothy says to Toto I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore Uh, and I think for us that's uh, we're learning to sing the songs of God in a strange land what does it mean to sing the songs of Zion in what sometimes feels like a Babylon a Pentecost today. let's read this together which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Many will know the story that Pam read in a familiar way, Jesus being crucified in Jerusalem and on he rises again, and over a period of 40 days he appears to his followers and also to what's described as the multitude or the crowd. And Paul writes, at one point he appeared to 500 people, and he says, and some of these people have not yet fallen asleep, meaning they're still around. You can go and find them and talk to them. Uh, in, in his teaching, he referred, Jesus refers a number of times to the Spirit, this The advocate, the helper, uh, the one, the comforter, the one who will lead the disciples into all truth, the one who will be with them. Uh, The Spirit's coming is described as a baptism, and for them that would be familiar. They were familiar with the idea of water baptism, Uh, it was something practiced by Jewish people, John the Baptist. But Jesus describing, this wasn't a a baptism with water. It was like a baptism with God, with the divine. It went being dipped into God, being submerged into the, the essence of the divine. And on his last meeting with his disciples, Jesus says to them, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And they are told that they are to be witnesses to all the world. But first, they are to wait until the Spirit comes. Pentecost, which is a Jewish festival celebrating the first fruits, is 50 days. Pentecost, pente, 50 days after Passover. So they've been waiting in the upper room, so they had 40 days with Jesus, and so it's about 10 days that they'd been waiting in the upper room praying. i assuming people went out to get food, etc. but 10 days of, of a, pr- a prayer meeting while they were waiting. And a, a gorgeous detail in Luke's uh, account in Acts is that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. He chooses to add that detail. The disciple who had been through more than anyone on their journey as a disciple of Jesus, who bore Jesus through the shame of a teenage pregnancy, who cherished all the things in her heart that she heard, who at times was confused by him, confused by his actions and his speech, herself seeming to doubt that he was the person who he said that he was, who stood at the foot of the cross with the Apostle John, where The prophecy of a sword piercing her heart was played out in front of her, who was the mother of Jude and James and other brothers who denied Jesus in his earthly ministry, but seemingly were converted somewhere on this journey, probably through conversations with their mom. And here is Mary, waiting for the Spirit, like the others And then as they prayed, the Spirit came, a rushing wind, flames of fire, new languages, the gift of tongues, a new love for the lost exploding in their hearts. I have once experienced a manifestation of God that was a little bit like this. Um, I lived with three lads when I moved out of home when I was 18. My mom said, she thinks it was earlier, thinks I was 17. But I I moved out of home Um, and uh, lived with three lads from uh, church I was the baby they were all a bit older than me and we had a prayer room in the basement and actually we had set this intention that, that we would pray together every day but it never really happened it was only really two of us that would pray together every day um, but it was one of the rare occasions where all four of us were in the prayer room together and we would uh, use Celtic daily prayer it wasn't the day of Pentecost but the prayer book was remembering the day of Pentecost on that day. And we just read a portion of the passage that Pam read. And then uh, we were encouraged by the prayer book to wait. And so that's what we did. And as we did, and you can think what you think about this. All I know is I saw what I saw and heard what I heard. Um, uh, the, the basement room, not usually being prone to huge amounts of ventilation, uh, there began to be a wind that blew through the room, uh, visibly moving the candle and blowing the pages of the Bible. And with it was a a profound sense of God's presence uh, with us, a very, quite heavy feeling, but good, but also a little bit, little bit scary. Um, And uh, one of my friends, Tim, the eldest of us, he, uh, he began to speak in a new language, which wasn't really our practice, but there we were. That is an experience that I've had, which makes me more open to what we read in Scripture, that it may have happened just like this. I want a Pentecost for me and you and for us to experience God, uh, a baptism in the Holy Spirit, Firstly, I want to experience God. I'm hungry to feel his closeness, just to feel the touch of him uh, I want to go beyond theology to experience so I, I I believe he's good, but I think scripture encourages us to pursue to to taste and see that he's good to know by experience I believe. Uh, that he's my theology is that he is present that he is a God who can heal and comfort his people but I want to experience that in reality Uh, and knowing that often there is a gap between my theology and my experience of God if if I'm honest and I think there is for any of us I think unless there's some Smith Wigglesworth amongst us, and they have been hiding. Um, and and secondly, and possibly more importantly, I believe we need him to do what we we need him to do what we desire to do as a church. We desire to uh, reach our community to. Uh, see the kingdom built here for the flourishing of Frising Hall, to provide a warm welcome to those who are coming in, to grow as a church in number and in depth on a bank holiday weekend, um, to love our neighbors really well, and to be part of the flourishing of Friesing Hall and Bradford. It doesn't sound as good for Bradford, does it? Because it doesn't have the F. Bless Bradford, flourishing Friesing Hall. Um, And in the knocking, in the seeking, in the asking, that's also part of us being shaped for us to be the people that he wants us to be. So um, in a moment, I'm going to pray. But during communion, where Steve leads, I'll receive communion quickly. And then I'll be at the side and I have some oil, which... It isn't especially holy until we pray for it but it is from Spain and it is extra no specially selected um so, <laughs> um i did ask the cathedral uh what oil they use and they say that they just do a job lot from tesco and then it's in the it's in the praying um it's unfortunately it's not from the holy land it's from spain but spain is nice um i, I I'll, and as i pray uh, and what I'll do, I, I won't put it on your head. I'll, um, if you come with your palms, I'll just put a little, a bit in your palms. This is a very ancient way of uh, setting someone apart for God, and in, and a way that the church has used to invite uh, the Holy Spirit to meet with someone. Very ancient practice. It's not a a weird or new thing. We're joining in with something really old. And I will, I will pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, fill your daughter, your son. May this moment be a Pentecost. We believe you are a good father. Please give good gifts to your children, the greatest of gifts, your very self. Uh, I think we'll probably sing, but um, Adam's going to come up. But let's, shall we stand and just spend a few moments before we sing, inviting the Lord to meet with us, inviting his presence. Let's stand together. On this day that we remember the first Pentecost, we pray the prayer that those disciples for 10 days would have been praying, not knowing really what they were praying for or what it would look like. Come Holy Spirit.